0: Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Yeah.
0: you guys hear me? I see a friend of the pod. I see a friend of the pod. Very good. Okay. I see you there. Um, Thank you for calling my attention to the fact that you're here. How's everybody doing? We have a very exciting show. It is great as always to be at the Improv. I have to remind you yet again that we'll be at the Now Hear This Festival on September 8th. NowHearThisFest.com. I want to get right to it. It's a very exciting show. I want to bring up our first two guests. Uh, One of our first guests said this about Prophets of Rage. He said, We're not a supergroup. We're an elite task force of revolutionary musicians determined to confront this mountain of election year bullshit and confront it head-on with Marshall Stack's blazing. Please welcome two of the members of Prophets of Rage, two music legends, from Rage Against the Machine, Tom Morello... And from Public Enemy, Chuck D.
2: Thank you for being here.
3: Thanks for having us, Well, All right. Thank you for catching me in the per- post-rehearsal mode. I thought it was going to be in the other room.
0: Uh, no, the smaller room, we don't, we normally would be there, but you guys are here. Uh, so the new album comes out on September 15th. You guys form this group. Now, you started this during the election year. Uh, obviously, uh, it didn't work. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I'd, uh, I'd, I'd say the jury's still out. Okay. There was was injustice before the Trump administration, there's injustice during, and there's likely going to be some afterwards. There is, however, resistance before the Trump administration, there's resistance during, and there will be resistance after. And we are throwing our hats in the ring to be the soundtrack to that resistance.
0: Yeah, and I think that's awesome. Look, you guys started this during the election because I think we all recognize that this was a special election, that there was something deeply disturbing, and maybe it played off a lot of problems and and flaws that America had been dealing with a long time, but came together in sort of stark relief, and then Trump wins. What did you learn from the election, or did you learn anything from this election that you didn't know about America before?
3: Well, we saw the ball of wax unraveling with with, just with the parties, and the fact that it's a two-party system in the United States primarily throws you into that that little area of uh, faux pas confusion. So what uh, I thought the Democratic Party did with the, the the Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton mess, really, that showed a lot of people who just want change, saying, well, fuck, what is going on here? And, um, and we saw it unravel when it turned into Trump versus Clinton, and that even made profits a rage even more necessary because we knew a lot of people were confused about making choices. So um, this man right here said, look, the situation in the world is not going to fix itself. So you got to get up and make those changes yourself. And I don't know if that answered your question, but I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it did. <laughs> uh, one of the things you said
0: about why you formed this band, is that uh, dangerous times demand dangerous music. What does it what does it mean for music to be dangerous? Well, I
2: mean, bad presidents make for great music, and there's never <laughs> – and, and, and also, there's never been a successful or important social movement in our country that hasn't had a great soundtrack. Music can both reflect the times and aim to change the times. And that's what we've done throughout our entire careers. and That's what we hope to do now in 2017. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Do you guys – there's been a lot of talk in the last like, day
0: or two about the woke VMAs, that, sort of, that they have the, the video music awards and everybody's sort of bending over backwards to be political. And I feel like a lot of people rolled their eyes because it's a bunch of artists getting up and saying, you know, this is what we're fighting for and this is what we care about, but it rings hollow. So, what is the difference between political activism by musicians that's real and true and makes sense and makes a difference versus Kind of, yeah, I don't
2: know. I, 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 I wouldn't, of... I wouldn't denigrate people who may not have had a history of political convictions because they feel a fear and anxiety about the times, trying to use the microphone to, you know, for some, for some good. Um, I also, I don't think it's a responsibility. I think as an artist, you have one responsibility, and that's to be true to yourself and to your own convictions. If your convictions are about, you know, ass, then that's what you should write about. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but if your convictions are about, you know, forging a a narco syndicalist society. Then you should write about that too. I mean, yeah, some people are just really
0: politically passionate about ass. <laughs> just something they really care about. It's what drives them to the polls. And honestly, if we had made that the focal point of 2016, I mean, it couldn't have turned out worse.
3: Everybody got one. So.
2: <laughs> Perhaps that's the path to victory in the next election. You know,
0: we've had a lot of conversations about the future of the Democratic Party, and this is the first time that the role of ass as an instrument of political change has come to our attention. And I think that speaks to our blind spots. Oh
3: well, yeah, Nick. You had nicknames and my- mascots, you know, jackasses and elephants, and, so shit like that. and <laughs> while well, that's funny. Ass is always
2: funny, but uh, but uh, <laughs> the the. I think that people stand, not leaving their convictions behind in their vocation isn't. You all right, Chuck? <laughs> but, uh, Chuck just dropped the mic. <laughs> people not le- leaving, the, don't leave your convictions behind in your vocation. I think that's what may have been. I didn't watch the VMAs. I wouldn't watch the VMAs. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Game of Thrones finale was on. <laughs> so, but what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah versus woke, you know. I want you to know something. We're going to bleep that. (laughs) That's going to be the one thing that we're going to bleep. It was speculative in case there might have been a... (laughs) (laughs) Where were we?
1: Uh,
0: So one of the things I think, whether look, obviously I think everybody in this room is resisting Trump, but I think Trump speaks to a distrust and anger that I think was deeper than people realized. Do you, do you disagree with that?
3: Not at all. I, 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 you know, last year we toured the United States thoroughly, and we went through the, you know, the, the heart of the United States of America, and, and I don't say America, because people are not geographically inept, and so they throw America into these fifty disunited states. But we went across the United States and. Uh, we were in states and towns that totally were against what was happening as far as coastal preference and more liberal situations, and and now traveling and, and looking at the the conditions or looking at farmlands and, and and you know we we had a good cross section. Of course, the people that came to the concert are, are converted. Of like, yeah, whatever you guys let's get rageified and Public Enemy and Cyprus and yeah, but. You also have to look outside of that. I mean, who's actually running the building? Or who are the union leaders? What, you know, what do they have on their bumper sticker? And there was a lot of non-Hillary bumper stickers. So. And we saw that. So uh, we saw a wave that was growing when people were surprised when the election happened and election night. We saw a brewing as early as 2015 which brought along the the whole premise of this group, being able to have a voice in it.
2: I I come from Trump country, like small town Illinois, and I just visited there a week ago, and there's Confederate flags on, you know, stickers and whatnot, and, and I, there are people that I knew growing up, and they're not bad people. They feel dicked over by the Republican party, dicked over by the Democratic Party, dicked over by globalism. They, these towns are crumbling. They're like these these living versions of Bruce Springsteen's song "Town." Like the, the street, the street where my family grew up, four of the houses have gone back to nature. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's the, and um, and so the, you know, all they have their, their kids either go into the army or they sell meth the moms are strippers, or we work at Walmart. Like That's not the future that they hope for. And when someone comes along and says, it's the Mexicans fault, it's the Muslims fault, that's an easy out. And so one of the reasons why we formed this band is to say that you are identifying the problem correctly, but Trump is not the solution to that problem. And one of the biggest impediments, one of the biggest impediments of that has been the Democratic Party, who has been kissing corporate ass for so long that it's left its base behind, it's left the people of America behind, and it cleared the way for the Trump presidency.
3: I I couldn't believe fucking Mitt Romney looks so fucking good now. (laughs) It's
2: the weirdest he's thing. A, he's a shining pillar of liberalism. Yeah, yeah. And I'm even thinking finally about George W. And I thought that guy he's the people <laughs> people are
0: showing pictures that of was George a dick. Just our standards have fallen so low. I mean, we just—we couldn't believe. We didn't know standards could get
2: this low. Well, here's, here's the here's the challenge, though. Here's the challenge for the resistance. You know, in the in the immediate aftermath of the election and the inauguration, there's the women's march. There's the people occupying airports to against the Mus, Muslim ban. And then the presidency devolved into this man, baby, clown show that is entertaining TV, and everyone's. I'm, I'm People who had never been politically active before were organizing and having, like, uh, you know, my school, like, the moms are getting together, and they're sharpening their pitchforks, right? Right. Right. (laughs) But then they all sink back into the couch and watch the clown show on TV. And it's the problem is that the policies are horrible, but the spectacle is engaging in a way that I think it makes it difficult to sort of corral the kind of resistance that we need to oust Trump. Not just oust him, but also create the kind of movement that's going to make a more decent and humane planet. That's your job out there
3: in podcast land. And I I like to just add to the fact, the older you get, you have perspective, which even makes you SMDH in your head, you know, even more so. Like, when they say... (laughs) (laughs) He was trying to connect with the
0: millennials.
3: (laughs) Sorry, I made that shit up before texting. It's called Rap Words, but listen... Uh, you shake your head with perspective because you cross over a a, a great swath of time called decades. And when I heard that Trump and his generals, for a quick moment, I was like, Trump, he's the owner of the USFL generals. And... (laughs) No. his, his, His generals, the United States, he's the president. What the fuck, man? It's like... So, you know, when you're old enough, you're like, wow, I can't, you know... Donald Trump, you know, so Donald Trump rings all kinds of other bells with me. And the thing is, is that if you know exactly what seed that this situation or spectacle was spawned from, you cannot ever be silent. I don't care. You ain't got to be a a, a, a a performing group. You don't have to be an NBA ball player. You don't have to be a comedian if you're a damn adult sitting, drinking coffee in the morning, you got to scream out your door like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
4: <laughs> <I> mean,
3: <laughs> my last curse tonight.
0: I, ho- I hope not. What makes
3: you hope? I curse well.
0: Yeah, f- famously so. Uh, so, what else is there to say? What makes you hopeful right now? I
2: mean, I'm hopeful because there is a welling up of resistance like I've never seen in my lifetime. Like when we formed the band Rage Against the Machine with our very, very angry songs, that was during the Bill Clinton administration, you know? <laughs> you know, and, you know and now you, you see, you know, the... Your, your song about NAFTA to this day <laughs> resonates. Every song was about NAFTA in one way or another. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but, you know, you do, you do see, like, young people standing up. And the willingness... know, I'll say, like, the willingness in the last couple of weeks to be able to stand there in the streets and punch Nazis in the face gives me encouragement. Okay. We have an
0: official nonviolent position because as a media company... I don't disagree. I don't disagree. What makes you hopeful right
3: now? Um that there'll be another president my youngest daughter could mention after Trump. But we took, you know, a couple of years where she was able to understand. She's six, my youngest daughter, is starting to understand, oh, President Obama. So you gotta also teach your child the surroundings and, you know, the political scape or, you know, government or whatever. So who's the president? As I pick up from school, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! You didn't say president, but you know. But you know, uh, you're hopeful that you know, and I've always been hopeful that, that hope that people USAers, okay, I make that one up too. USAers could extend beyond the borders and the waters that the government bestows upon them and become more global. And act locally. I think one of the drawbacks is that people who were born in the United States kind of hold on to it so tight in fear, in fear of the rest of the world. And propaganda kind of seeps into them very quickly, and hype and all this hysteria or, or hyperbole could seep into them and make them like make these uh, quick, impulsive decisions just so they could be less scared. And I think when you're opening up yourself to the world, and now we got devices in our pockets which can unite us or connect us into the world wide web, then we should kind of like figure out what's going on in the world and stop waiting for the news to tell us. Make a friend somewhere on the planet Earth, and not just the expected countries, but some of the countries where – you could get the dialogue directly if they're able to also use the web in that particular country as well. (laughs) But I think, um, I'm hopeful that people in the United States of America could unite with the planet Earth and not be alien to it.
0: One last question on that score. I mean, fans of Rage Against the Machine, fans of Public Enemy, fans of Cypress Hill, those are different people. Do you see that when they come to the concert? Is there kind of a a meeting of people that didn't realize that they were on the same page?
2: I don't know. It all works itself out in the mosh pit. You know, like you get in there, when you're throwing elbows down there, we're all one.
3: (laughs) No violence
2: on the show, I get you. said. You said. No, I like it.
3: You said. We played the 2.5 million people before our first record. And one thing, it's expected that, you know, that, okay, there's people that came, like Cypress, Public Enemy Rage Against the Machine, But what we found, especially in the last seven to eight months, and especially in South America and Europe and Asia, is that there's a 14-year-old in front of you who's a fan of neither, but they're a fan of Prophets of Rage. And that is kind of boggling. And you're looking right at them. I mean, Tom sends us out into stadiums and go out out there and do the hip-hop set. (laughs) <laughs> so, you run like 500 yards in a stadium and you got to go directly with people, and they're 14 and 15, and they're part of a festival, but also in arenas. They, you're looking right at them, and they're like, Yes, we want something to speak to us now, but we kind of want some knowledge and wisdom and understanding from somebody that might have a little gray in them. We ain't taking too many of those old people. But we will, because y'all know how to jam on the stage and turn me out. We'll accept that from you. Tell us something good.
0: So before we let you go, it is the nature of this show that we have to play some kind of a game. You have formed a supergroup, though that is a word you have disowned. It's and fun. I picked
3: it up. I like to use it.
0: Chuck T likes supergroup, and that's good enough for me. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so we have. just a, don't use it around Tom. I say, we have a group.
2: Just a group. Super duper group. How about super that?
0: Super <laughs> duper group. All right. Three questions on super groups. Here we go. All right. You guys can take this together. In recent years, several super groups formed in the airline industry.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: These monopolistic, anti-consumer, sociopathic corporate giants... <laughs> formed when which of the following airlines merged into supergroups? Was it A, U.S. Airways and American Airlines, B, United Airlines and Continental Airlines, C, Delta and Northwest,
2: or D, all of the above? All of the above. I got to tell you, all (laughs) six of them have lost my luggage, so (laughs) (laughs) it's not so super.
0: You you, you got it right. Uh, Number two. Many people felt this supergroup waited too long to add diversity, playing it safe and hiding behind immense popularity. That changed when this member was added to the latest film of the Avengers. Was it... A, Storm, B, Black Panther, C, Luke Cage, or D, Barack Obama?
2: Chuck and I are both fans of comics, but I have no idea.
3: No, I'm not gonna give him any credit to the new writers, but then again I'm in Hollywood so I might get tackled by some directors. something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe He's, I'll say I'll say I'll say uh, Barack Obama.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. It's Black Panther. That's you're oh, not gonna win man. you're not gonna win the parachute sheets. <laughs> the 1990s saw the rise of a new supergroup that took the world by storm, defeating Cuba by 79 points and then going on to win the gold medal against Venezuela at the Olympics. Name as many members of the 1992
3: Dream Team as you can.
1: He I want. This knows, is.
3: He knows their middle names. Do you, do, you, do you know them, or you got them on that? Paper? I I don't know them. I, I would. So not, how do you know okay. if I'm right or wrong?
0: I have them on the card. Yeah. Oh, you go, The go. only reason I know them is because my father had a painting of the five starters, but they you. were babies. Let me. Let me.
2: <laughs> yes, I've seen the baby. All right. Yeah. Before, before, no, before you say it, if, would anybody like to put any money on this one? Because I got Chuck. I got Chuck. No, no, I got Chuck. Anyone want <laughs> to bet against Chuck on this one? So wait, is the new is the new standard
0: now? You're going to name them all. Can you name them all, or you think you're going to get close?
3: Well, I'm old and see now, but I pretty much can. <laughs> yeah. I'll go. I'll put my head in the Total Recall. Okay, go, all Chuck. Right. Guards, right? Michael Jordan. You got John yep. Stockton.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs>
3: you, you all right? I, honestly, I am not.
1: <laughs>
3: you got Kristen Leitner. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got Charles Barkley. You got Patrick Ewing.
0: I'm just putting my card down.
3: Put it down. David Robinson. Scotty Pippen. Magic Johnson. Larry Bird. You want more?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> On- Honestly, this is the most spiritual experience I've had. Clyde
3: Drexler. Okay, you want more? Yes. Chris Mullen. Yep. Okay, I mean... Wait. I'm just saying yes to you. You're in charge. <laughs> it's your show now. Let's, let's go on with the show.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> We're gonna... Guys, I, I think it's fair they, to say that they've won the game Supergroup. And I did, and somehow for the first time I did lose. <laughs> Thank you both so much. Now we are going to close with a dramatic reading by Tom Morello. We have put it in your hands to decide what you were going to read. There was a debate yeah. upstairs. Yep.
2: Uh, it was between Yeats, Chaucer, Yates, and Chaucer, Yeats,
0: and Yates. And I was going to feel you guys. I decided
2: that a dramatic reading would be kind of a sellout move, so I'd like to do a dramatic recitation of Geoffrey Chaucer. <laughs> this is the prologue to the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> Von that April with the shore sota, the drogta of March hath perse to the rota, and bathed every vein in switch liqueur, of which vertu engendered is the floor. Von Zephyrus eek with his sweet of brief, inspired hath in every holt and heath, the smaller fowler making melodia. And sleeping all night with open air. So pricketh him nature in here courages that longin' folk to go on pilgrimages. That was a dramatic recitation.
0: Give it up for Tom Morello and Chuck D, Prophets of Rage. Thank you so much for being here. When we come back, our panel. Please welcome our panel. She is a comedian and actor in Transparent, Take My Wife, and Suicide Kale. Please welcome Brittany Nichols. He is a writer for TV shows such as The Good Place and Master of None. Please welcome Cor Jefferson. Come and he is a writer and producer on Hulu's Difficult People and the executive producer of Corporate, coming soon to Comedy Central. Please welcome Jake Fogelnest. Hey, bud.
4: Hey. So got- three TV writers are supposed to follow Tom Morello and Chuck D.
5: I mean, do what you can. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't have an answer. Just trying to
4: lower the bar right away.
5: I'll throw my support behind the Ask platform for 2020. Yeah, yeah. Chords Co- on board for Ask 2020.
0: <laughs> and I think that's great. <laughs> Brittany, how are you? Great. Brittany's great. She says it all. <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling very loose. It's a musical legends on the stage. It's a lot. Now it's over. I feel like I can finally breathe and start the show. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not really. I don't take it personally, but, like, I'm not intimidated now.
1: No. No.
4: I don't take it personally. I'm sitting in the back. I was intimidated.
0: I I just... I just don't think you know what it's like to have Chuck D look at you with a look that says, how dare you suggest that you should check what I'm saying on a card. (laughs) Uh, And it's just something I'll think about for a while. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's get into it. Okay. What a week.
1: <laughs>
0: so, obviously, it's a tragedy, but Hurricane Harvey has been what is in the news. Uh, at least 47 have died. About 42,000 Texans were in shelters. Another 3,000 were in Louisiana. Uh, the hurricane brought more than 50 inches of rain. It's estimated that 30% of Harris County, where Houston is, is underwater. Uh, most, uh, in some states, it takes years to have that much rain fall. Uh, this week, uh, Donald Trump responded. He did tweet several times about the size of the hurricane. He announced his tax reform plan. Uh, he did not visit families. Uh, he was spent his time at Camp David. He pledged a million dollars of his own money, maybe. And then he did ask Congress for disaster relief. Look, obviously, the Trump show is ongoing. No storm can contain it. Uh, by the way, also in the midst of all of this, he pardoned Joe Arpaio, which was, of course, despicable. What was it like for you guys to watch Donald Trump in the role of president during a major national natural disaster? Did you take anything away from it? Did you learn anything about him? Did you, were you surprised by anything?
4: Well, I mean, I saw his tweets, which contained a lot of exclamation points. Uh, about the hurricane, so I just assumed. Well, he's doing a good job, uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> and then he plugged his friend's book. As
0: yes, he did, he
4: plugged his friend's book in the middle of it. He did plug
0: America's second most despicable yeah. sheriff, yeah, which is uh, Sheriff Clark.
4: No, I um, I I don't follow Donald Trump on Twitter because um, um, I I'm just not a fan. Um. <laughs> try to curate my feed with people that I'm interested in, Yeah, and um, he's sort of unavoidable. Eventually somebody will retweet him, Uh, so so it'll get to me, but um, (laughs) me personally, just not, I think the guy, I'll just say it, I think he's a chump and a bozo. And I'm sorry (laughs) to use strong language, (laughs) but that's how I feel.
0: Uh, Look, I just, it's fine to say that, Um, but... Uh, just remember that some kids do listen to Love It or Leave right. It oh, because. Yeah. So kids, if, <laughs> they you, find if you hear song, that, don't
4: repeat that at the dinner table. They like
0: the song. Yeah, um, that's all there is to it.
4: What I, you know, what I did see, and I was I was starting to record about this backstage was was um, uh, a lot of people coming together, and um, uh, you know, there a lot of rain. It did a lot of damage, and uh, people were were stepping up, and it was kind of good to see you know, despite this uh, lunatic game show host who uh, I feel directly responsible for being elected just as a New Yorker in the 80s who laughed at him in Spy Magazine and like, you know, just, oh, isn't this guy a a blowhard? And if you were to ask me years ago, um, who's the blowhard that goes on David Letterman uh, and Letterman makes fun of him uh, that's going to end up president one day, I would have definitely said Harvey P. Carr. And instead it's Donald Trump. Deep cut. It is deep a deep cut. cut. <laughs> I'm Jake Fogelness. I remain on brand. <laughs> well yeah, no. I think that
5: I think that something that Jake got pointed out is that the resilience of American people, despite all of the shit that we've gone through for the past several months and despite the past like horrible few weeks we've had in Charlottesville, to see uh to see a turnaround from something that was so miserable and terrible for so many people to this week uh this it sucks that it took like a a national horrific tragedy that uprooted millions of people's lives to like actually show some resilience and decency in america again but i mean i guess that's where we are in trump's america it takes like a, 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 a ungodly deluge to like actually like show people supporting one another again
0: yeah yeah
6: what I took from that is that Trump has really solidified himself as uh, a merch president.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is the merch. And honestly, I respect it deeply.
6: Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know, but the quality on that hat is questionable. Yeah, I don't think
0: he, I don't think he like went through a bunch of different hats and th- landed on the one that he thought would meet the quality yeah. that his fans demand, unlike some other
5: people. <laughs> I also think that this has been evidence of, like, look what happens when you appoint people who actually know how to do their fucking job, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so this guy, Brock Long actually is an emergency management expert. He's done it for years and years, and that's who Trump put in the position. Like, imagine if it was some shitty billionaire crony. Like, imagine Betsy DeVos right now trying to run. It's like Jared, Jared Kushner. It's like, they added hurricanes to his portfolio. <laughs> yeah. So he
0: races, he races back from Tel Aviv to like run the op center. He's like, I've never done this before. Can any of you loan me money? Because I also have a big problem on Fifth Avenue I have to get to. <laughs> I got a lot on my plate. I'm doing Mitty's piece. My company's underwater. I'm probably gonna go to jail. And it's, and I, I don't know anything about the weather. The only thing Jared
4: Kushner knows about the weather is he's, he's maybe heard the term Doppler 4000 before. Yes.
0: And, and and like any good Jew, he does feel a chill in the air. <laughs> He is very, very yeah. receptive yeah. and aware of chills.
4: Yeah. It's like if I... Is the, it's, it's, it's a bit
0: much with the air conditioning. Yeah, it's like... A, yeah. <laughs> can you get me a shawl? Yeah, he needs a shawl. Well, no, and to, to, to Cord's point too, it's also just been a respite from the Trump show in the sense that this was a big national story that wasn't about what he's doing to divide the country. He could distract and make a joke of it and, and mess it up the way he's going to do that, but at the same time, it's still an, a, a big story that doesn't center him, uh, which I just think was sort of fascinating to remember a time in which we weren't talking about New York's biggest asshole seven fucking days a week. But yes, just to close that out, obviously... It's a terrible tragedy and we are uh, urging people to support the Houston Food Bank. That has
4: been my question is like where do I donate because some people are like oh the Red Cross is bad and it's like did I accidentally give to a Kickstarter that's like a sex toy? Like,
0: That's a, yeah, both of those are, one of those is a a real problem. (laughs) Uh, I think they're both real problems. (laughs) No, so the Red Cross issue has been fascinating. I think that it's very clear that you know, I've sort of heard both sides of it, which yeah. is which is that it does seem as though the Red Cross has some very big problems that they're not doing enough to address, that the board is not doing enough to address. But at the same time, they are also a big national organization that is better suited than, sure. than virtually anyone to help besides the government in this kinds of a disaster. But at the same time, so you know, we're not denigrating the Red Cross, but. Uh, well, people. Yeah. A lot of people have pointed us to the Houston Food Bank. So you go to www.houstonfoodbank.org, and that's a local uh, Houston organization that's gonna that that has been helping people, and then will continue to help people in the wake of this storm. So that's the, what we're getting behind. Uh, now, um, so let's let's move on to our next topic, which is Russia. Uh, What's up are, with those guys? You remember Russia. <laughs> It's a GDP the size of Italy, but very big footprint in our politics lately. So the latest. Special counsel Robert Mueller has obtained a letter drafted by Trump and a top aide that he was going to use to fire James Comey that ultimately was not used. Um, And it was apparently written by Donald Trump and C-plus Santa Monica fascist Stephen Miller. Uh Right. Uh, and it was apparently written at the Bedminton... badminton. Bedmi- who gives a shit? Donald Trump's golf course. Uh, when it was raining, <laughs> he literally got rained out of golf. Was furious and then obstructed justice, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is incredible. But this is the world. So he drafts this ins- this letter that apparently was rambling and can seems to have contained several crimes. (laughs) Uh, It then went to McGahn, uh, whose first name escapes me, and again, who cares, the White House counsel, who said, you cannot send this letter. Uh, And that set in motion the events which led to Rod Rosenstein drafting the rationale which ultimately led to the firing of Comey, uh, which seems to be central to whatever is going on related to the investigation of obstruction of justice. Also, uh, uh, news broke that Mueller is teaming up with the New York Attorney General in the Manafort Probe, and the IRS Criminal Investigations Unit is now involved. (laughs) Again, we're breaking a lot of records. That is probably the first time the IRS Criminal Unit has been applauded at the Improv. (laughs) Which is something new that's happening. (laughs)
5: <laughs> the, thing that's, the thing that's exciting, right, is that the, the thing that I've read is that the uh, involvement of the Attorney General in New York is their attempt to, if they do bring charges, to avoid Trump being able to pardon people, right? Oh, is that's that, very interesting. That's what I've read. He can pardon federal crimes, but he can't pardon state that's crimes. Yeah, he can't pardon right. those so, state crimes. And so if we'll get him in a, New York. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Come home, Trump. We have a room for you.
5: So that, to me, is exciting. That, if, if they're getting their ducks in a row that way, that's incredible because, I mean, if there's anybody who deserved to be charged with a crime and not get away with it, it's Joe Arpaio. I'm from Arizona, and that guy has been hell for that state for decades. And so
7: Defeated. Uh, he,
5: de- he deserved everything that yes. was coming to him. Despicable. It is, it is reprehensible that, that he was pardoned. He was uh, he was a criminal and, and guilty of sin and, and was... not is still an awful human being. We all, at least, I can live knowing that he's an awful human being. But I wish he was an awful human being who's still uh, convicted of a crime that yeah. was maybe facing jail time.
0: The pardoning of Joe Arpaio is so egregious, and again, it is the sort of the constant refrain of Donald Trump as president, which is it is this mix of you know animus, cruelty, racism, yeah. plus just brute incompetence because. There was no urgency to the pardoning of Joe no. Arpaio. He hadn't even been sentenced yet. It hadn't gone through any kind of review. Uh, it's it was uh, capricious and done in the midst of a terrible storm, which he then claimed was to get ratings, uh, which is obviously insane. But you know, it's a it's yet another reminder of just
5: how and nobody was asking for it. Nobody wanted it.
0: So just to, uh, just to finish out on the Russia stuff, we've been talking about this Russia thing for six months. It seems like every week brings some new revelation. Are we counting on it? Do we think that we can defeat Trump if this all turns to nothing? If uh, Mueller ends up not bringing charges, do we feel as though we've spent too much time focusing on Russia, thinking about Russia all the time?
5: How long did Watergate took? A couple years, right? Years, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was years. So I think that the thing that keeps me going is it's insane to think that that he hasn't even been in office for a year with all of the shit that we've. Yeah. Been. I mean, it's every day is like a new trauma. It's it's hell. But it uh, the thing that keeps me going is. It, realizing that Watergate took years and years. It's a slow trickle. I wish we, I know we all wish that it would happen tomorrow and there would be like some smoking gun, but I think what's good, that something that's good about the slow trickle is that I think that means the investigative team is like getting their shit straight and like yes. making sure that they're getting everything in order so that these fucking assholes can't weasel their way out of it on like a loophole. Hopefully. That's yeah. what's keeping me going. Is like hopefully it's because there's competent people working really hard to like make sure all the all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed before they yeah, lock get, everybody in jail.
0: You saw like sort of Trump starting to tweet again, trying to attack James James Comey about putting a About having done a draft of the letter about Hillary earlier than when he had the final, uh, the final interviews or whatever other bullshit, Uh, and you start to feel like they they don't know, they don't, you know, going after Hillary Clinton, you know, going after Democrats, like there's access points there, right? Like Trump knows how to do that, but when it comes to like Comey, remember he tried calling him a, a whack job and like Trump and Trump didn't keep. Trump is not afraid to repeat something until it sticks and he didn't stick with that because he knows he's got a good gut for this and he knows it doesn't work it's like he doesn't have an access point for how to take down Robert Mueller he doesn't he, he Donald Trump has this incredible innate ability to, to kind of find a weakness and just grab onto it Lil Marco low energy jab crooked Hillary whatever and you look at Robert Robert Mueller this sort of <laughs> this upstanding yeah. you know it's like if, like the 19 50s like you know forged into like a a suit and then a head popped out yeah and and the the head was like a world war ii recruitment poster (laughs) when we come back (laughs) okay stop
8: hey don't go anywhere there's more of
2: love it or leave it coming up
0: love it or leave it is brought to you by fast growing trees The experts at fast-growing trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape designs, and how best to take care of your plants. The point is, I may not have a green thumb, but that's why fast-growing trees is perfect for me, because it makes it so easy. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LOVEIT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LOVEIT at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code LOVEIT. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Would you take a nap? Would you read a book? Would you show up for a friend? I mean, maybe I'd hang out with a friend. I don't know if I would show up for a friend. Okay, good to know. Good to know. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. Yeah, we do. But at the same time, then you check your screen time on your phone, and it's always like Ooh. six hours a day. Mm. I feel like a lot of people running around playing busy. You know? Yeah. If you're on your phone for six hours, you could be less busy. You could be Just less busy. Just put your phone down. I'm a, I'm a guilty as anybody. That's what therapy is for. It help figure out these problems. <laughs>
8: put down your phone for an hour during therapy.
0: Yeah, you can't be on your phone during therapy. They hate it. <laughs> but they can't stop you. It's your hour. Anyway, the point is, everybody needs therapy. I need it. John needs it. Anyone else? Anybody else? <laughs> no, that's it. Just that's the two it. of us Just need it. Just the two of us. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash love it. And we're back! (laughs) Now for a segment called OK Stop. (laughs) Uh, Last week, Donald Trump once again went after the media. In this clip, Rich Lowry of the National Review talks to Fox News about how the media is serving the role of enemy for Donald Trump and his base Uh, You know how OK Stop goes. We we roll the clip. We pause it by saying OK Stop to talk about it.
8: Let's roll the clip. You write in Politico that the media are Trump's evil empire, as in the Soviet Union days, and also in the wake of Charlottesville, his lifeline. How so?
9: Yeah. Well, one, I just think the media has replaced the Soviet Union, in effect, as the common unifying enemy of every faction on the right.
1: Okay,
0: stop. That's true. And totally crazy <laughs> that this is the unifying enemy that Donald Trump sort of recognized was something that brings together every facet of his base.
5: I believe that Trump condemning the media and a lot of people on the right condemning the media is also a code word for, for saying, like, you guys are a bunch of Jews. I think it's like anti-Semitism. Yeah. I think it's hidden anti-Semitism. I think it's always been hidden anti-Semitism. And that, like the Jewish media, yeah, is, Jewish is, Trump Trump uh, media. is our enemy. And I I think that that is is something that goes unspoken a lot of the time when you hear shit like this. Um, And so I think a lot of us sort of... I think I'll speak for myself. I I was certainly lulled into thinking that Jewish people were basically white people in the United States of America. I really... I did believe that. I felt like, you know, the Judaism sort of had been so um, accepted. I'm
4: Jewish, and so was I. You know?
5: And I think that... uh, one of the more horrific things that has come about uh, under President Trump is is the fact that we see that actually anti-Semitism is alive and well in this country, and it seems like it's it's back and stronger than than, it, than it's been uh, in my lifetime at least. And uh, so when I hear when I hear shit like this, that like the the media is as dangerous to us as the Soviet Union, which is a fucking insane thing to say. Uh, I can't help but hear like white people saying like the Jews are the Jews are out to get us. Yeah, it's interesting.
6: I mean, I think we also overlook uh, the fact that a lot of these people don't even know what it is he's refuting. Like they're not actually reading the New York Times article that he is then calling fake news. Right. right. So there's no. I mean, how do you how do you argue with someone who doesn't know what the argument is? About?
0: Right. It's like a vaccine against the New York Times. <laughs> No, I think that's right. Well, you know, inter- the Fox News did this poll this week that asked people, you know, who is a greater threat to the United States, white supremacists or the media? Uh, that was an actual poll. Yes. And what was the result? Yeah, close. I'm afraid to ask. No,
4: <laughs> it
3: was
0: close. Uh, and I think it was seventy-five uh, percent uh, of Trump supporters agreed that the media was more of a threat than white supremacists.
4: Well, to so
6: them, obviously, yeah yeah <laughs> But don't <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah they're right. They're right.
4: Do they not remember when Billy Joel went over to Russia and played all that rock and roll music for people? like <laughs> no.
0: Did you stop watching things after like Yes 1993? 1997.
4: What? I stopped after 97 because nothing's good. Basically, the Clintons came out. They, I saw them, and they were singing, don't stop, thinking about tomorrow. And I said, oh, we're okay. And now I'm just waking up. So you saw... So... Okay, I was like, what the fuck? There's Nazis in the street. I've been living in a liberal Jewish bubble like John Travolta, another old
0: reference. I'm sorry, hold on a second. What bubble is John Travolta in? The boy in the plastic bubble. Jesus,
4: It's Jake. an old TV movie. Are you joking? No. Look it up.
9: Let's continue this clip about the media. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
9: Whether it's conservative or a libertarian, whether you're pro or anti-Trump, everyone considers the media in effect a, a domestic enemy. And Does Trump, that
2: include national review, which was well for some people? We don't. Exactly. We, don't,
9: we, don't okay,
1: stop. Our,
9: <laughs> we don't include ourselves as the, part of that media. Okay, um, but Trump, oh. you know, has has sort of a great EQ. He realized what excites people, what energizes people, and he okay, got onto this. stop,
4: stop, stop. Trump has a great EQ, like like he's got like a good stereo system or uh, something. Emotional
0: quotient. Okay. Like I, like I. I would
4: disagree with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Trump has either a decent sonos uh, system in his house.
0: Proud sponsor or, of Crooked Media.
4: Uh, or, I, I, I don't like to ever diagnose people because I'm not um, uh, a medical doctor. What? Uh, shocking, I know. But are we, I mean, aren't we dealing with somebody with, like, borderline personality disorder? Like, you know?
0: I feel like the narcissism is bad and troubling, but, like, the fascism? Yes. It's like the narcissism, like, him begging for compliments, him constantly feeling aggrieved, him thinking the world revolves around him, like, that's, like, a huge problem. Some people just give you the heebie-jeebies. He literally turned to a group of pastors today and said, would any of you like to tell me how good a job I did on the hurricane? (laughs) That happened today.
1: That happened today.
0: But, but the authoritarian impulse and that other piece of it is the far more dangerous one. Oh, no, it's, like, it's
4: you know, if Trump had his way, you know, it'd be a dictatorship.
0: Yeah, I think like we're constantly protected by his lack of discipline, short attention spans, yeah. and, and incompetence and stupidity, and, and slowly declining mental state. We're
5: protected by his slowly declining mental state. I mean, that would make him more look. I think volatile. it's
0: a, I think it's a uh, you know look. I think it's a high risk scenario. <laughs> uh, I think that if he were as sharp as he were when, uh, earlier in his life, I think he could do a lot more damage. Yeah. I think though, we're going to have to start talking about the fact that he's in decline and what that means. And obviously, he is in charge of the most powerful and awesome military machine the world has ever assembled, which is uh, not ideal. <laughs> Let's continue watching this clip about the media.
9: And so I think the media is actually worse than it's ever been, and that helps Trump because it's, it's his main foil. And the more clearly, the more biased and hysterical it is, the easier it is for him to beat up on it.
2: And you made an observation about
8: CNN and the tone of its coverage toward the president. Which yeah,
9: it? well, CNN, they're clearly loving this, right? They, they, they Trump hate-watches CNN, and CNN hate-covers Donald Trump, right? It's just, look, you know... And gooses its ratings. Yeah, in, in four hours and 32 minutes, tune in to hear Donald Trump attack us. And then for the next five hours, we're going to say how outraged and dismayed we are that Donald Trump attacked us, and we're going to reap the benefits of higher ratings.
0: Okay, stop. CNN doesn't exist to cover Trump, but does cover Trump because he's the president, president of the United States, yeah. yeah.
4: And also, who has time to hate watch in this era of peak TV when there's so much good stuff to watch? Like, why doesn't Trump, like, check out something good, like Fleabag or something?
0: <laughs> you know? Like,
1: turn is that
4: off... Something,
0: is that something new I don't That is know. a new show! That's okay. new!
5: It's Fleabag, a great Fleabag is concert. incredible. Fleabag okay. is incredible. incredible.
0: I'm learning a lot. I just thought it might have been something okay from 1993
4: <laughs> no but i will now give you a list of those things for the next 45 minutes <laughs> no no but like but i that, that just the, the what he does is he stays up all night he what he turns it's like what are they saying about me and then he goes on twitter like a high, like a high school it's like what why does the president of the united states not have somebody saying like hey maybe maybe it's time to put the screens down.
1: Like
5: the scariest thing w- that he said in that was was that the media is the worst it's ever been, <laughs> which is an insane statement on its face. But the in- why is it insane? What's that? Why? Because I agree. Because, but because, why? Because I think that if you look at the like the New York Times and the Washington Post have been doing like the Lord's work. Like like those yes. guys have yes. been incredible yes. Yes. this entire time. And yes. the thing. The thing that's frightening is, like, this is how these assholes behave when they're under scrutiny constantly. Imagine if the journalists weren't doing their jobs. Like, what would they be doing? Imagine, imagine, what, right. imagine what would be going on if there weren't reporters on their ass every day checking in on what they're doing and hunting them down. Like, it's, it's, terrifying, to, it's terrifying to imagine. And I think that, that, that anybody coming out and saying that the, that the media is the worst it's ever been, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's also a little bit
0: like... You know, this house is on fire. There are these people outside screaming the house is on fire, these two deserve each other. Social social media is the worst that it's ever
4: been. You know, that's you know, but that's not that's
0: been true of every day since its invention.
4: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, it's, but it's just gotten worse and worse. And I, you know, I think about the internet, Like when the internet was started, as I, as I understand it, the internet was a way for uh, people in the military to trade recipes with each other. Um, and then it turned into all right. of this. Um, I think that's close. Uh, but, but, but when the internet started, it was hard to get on, and it was mostly um, uh, nerds. You know, it was mostly nerds. And now we're all on it. You know, and um, I don't think there's a, a damn nerd in this room. I think you have to be, and if there is, I'll
0: bully you after the show. What was your name? <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's here.
4: Taylor? Taylor doesn't look like a nerd to make. She looks all right.
0: Huh? He's a nuclear engineer.
4: <laughs> That's not a nerd. That's not a fucking nerd. A nerd is like, "Eh, like, fucking Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, let me write weird, mean shit to women online. He's a nuclear engineer. Exactly. I can't do that. I can barely do this
0: right now. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to talk about
7: DACA.
8: Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way.
7: The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's stay out of my swamp for Florida, stay out of my hole for Arizona, stay out of my prickly pear for Texas, and stay out of my strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's f Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricut.com slash store to shop. It's
8: 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help, you don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care let vote save america make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program here's how it works you set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you and vote save america will send 100 of it to the grassroots organizations and down ballot races that need it most then at the end of the month they'll tell you where your dollars went that's it set it and forget it vote save america has already raised fifty-two thousand dollars in monthly recurring donations love it that's great from over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible (laughs) legal disclaimer. Paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. And we're
1: back.
0: Guys, please welcome to the stage uh, from Dream Team LA. She's an Emmy-nominated producer for Univision and a recipient of DACA. Please welcome Ruby Martinez. Ruby, thank you for being here. How are you doing?
10: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, for opening this space um, to come and talk about a very important issue.
0: So... Before we get into sort of the politics of what's happening right now, uh, can you just tell us what DACA is and why it matters?
10: Sure, Um, so I am an undocumented immigrant. I have DACA, I'm under the DACA program. DACA program is, it's a two-year program that you apply to. It allows you to um, apply for a work permit and it protects you from being deported. You surrender all of your information to the government. In exchange, you get some sort of protection and you also get to work. And you pay to work, actually. So you pay a hefty fee and you get, um, you go through an extensive background check.
0: And how old were you when you came to the US?
10: I was five.
0: You were five years old. Yes. And so you've been here since you were five.
10: Yes, correct.
0: Uh, and if you were to be deported, be back to Mexico, is that right?
10: That's correct. And
0: do you have family there, home there, do you have a life you could go, or do you have any memories of being a child in Mexico? Uh,
10: Rare rare memories. I do have family there, my immediate family is here, Um, and I I don't really know uh, the place where I was born. I know the place where I grew up, which is Los Angeles, Um, this is home.
0: So, Donald Trump has said, you know, "This is a hard issue. You know, I've heart for people like you who came here as children. America's the only home you've ever known." Uh, but at the same time, there have been leaks that he's going to rescind DACA. Then they walk it back. How hard has it been this week to sort of have this in the balance, hanging over you?
10: Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, little. It's been tough uh, emotionally, mentally. Um, you have a person, you have leaks, you have media that says, well, he might resent DACA, he might he might end it, and then, well, he probably won't do it today. He'll do it tomorrow. Rumor had it that it would happen today. Now it's happening Tuesday, and people like me are just living, you know, just day by day, wondering if you know our livelihoods going, you know, to be cut off. We have families that depend on us, and you know, for us to be able to work and provide for that for those families. And so, we don't know what the future holds, uh, but it's a very important, um, you know, why DACA matters. You know, it, it gives us that um, ability to work. Like I said, families depend, uh, some families depend on DACA recipients to actually work and provide for, for their families, the economy. There's billions of dollars that are generated in taxes um, that um, are generated by, ta- uh, by DACA recipients. It, it would be a hit.
0: Yeah, this is 700,000 people who came to the U.S. as children, uh, went to school, a lot of a lot of times found out they were undocumented when they tried to apply for a job or apply for college, uh, and whose sort of lives hang in the balance. What would you say to somebody on the other side of this issue who says? you know, we have laws in this country, uh, you're here uh, illegally, that it's sad and it's tragic, but we can't have a situation where we have open borders uh, and you're paying the price for the mistakes that your parents made or your family made, but that's not, that's not our fault. We need to enforce our laws. What do you say to somebody like that?
10: First of all, I say um, inform yourselves about the issue. Get to know people that are undocumented, that are under the DACA program. A lot of people that are under DACA are lawyers, are uh, doctors, teachers, former journalists uh, that now turn to you know to be an activist, and just get to know us. There's a negative narrative out there about immigrants and you know people of color. You know we, we need you to to help us change the narrative, to use you know. Um, your privilege, the ability to be able to um, vote, call your your um, government uh, representative. Easiest thing to do is go out and march, and you know, go to the rallies, call. I was just telling a friend that I've received so many so many um, messages, supportive messages on social media. That's great, but if you're an ally and you care. Um, you know, you care about the issue, you care about your friends, your your family, your colleagues. Do something about it. You know, step forward and say, how can I help?
0: Um, and so I want to encourage everybody to go to defenddaca.com. That's defend, D-A-C-A, dot com, and you can find out more info about how to donate and how to help. This is the final push for this issue. You know, we've seen a bipartisan outcry against uh, Trump rescinding this. Uh, It seems like this is a decision that's being made right now. We really don't know what's going to happen. So, Ruby Martinez, thank you so much for coming here. It's hard and it's brave for you to come and step out and be an activist about an issue that affects you so personally. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, give it up for Ruby Martinez. When we come back... Too stupid to be true.
8: Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up.
7: The Crooked store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack.
0: Has been talking about this stupid fucking wall for years, and this is another reminder of like just the cruelty and incompetence of it. Because oh, I don't want to build, a, I don't want to waste money in a dumb wall. Also, by the way, we have tons of fencing and tons of security along the southern border already. But, but, dude, you want the fucking wall? <laughs> Let these people stay. Make a proposal. Actually, fucking do something. Like, yeah, like I just don't understand. Like, if you if you want there, you Donald Trump could have his wall. If he came out and said, I want border security, I want a wall, we will let uh, the undocumented young people in this country stay because they're here by no fault of their own and America yes. is the only country they've ever known and we will do humane immigration reform that creates a path to legalization. These, He could have his wall. Yeah. He could have his wall and he could have a vote and is the it is again, like to what we were talking about earlier, the cruelty and incompetence of Trump. It is a mix of just knee-jerk racism plus absolutely no strategy whatsoever. So what's the end result? We're going to have this horrible DACA decision. We don't know what it's going to be, and all these lies hanging in the balance. Meanwhile, you, you, there's going to be endless fighting, and maybe the government will be shut down over this stupid fucking wall. Anyway, Trump is a nightmare. That's it. I don't have any... I don't know what else to say. It's like... Anyway, well, I guess we're back from break. Whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do this show in a comedy club.
4: It's so fucking cathartic, thank you. All right. Honestly, no, like, because, like... And, and I, I, you know, I, I, there's a thing you hear a lot about, like, oh, oh, but is, isn't Trump great for comedy? You know what... I, fuck, I'd rather just you know what? not have comedy.
0: <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's great for the worst comedians.
4: Yeah, for yeah. the worst comedians, exactly.
0: Just people making a whole living with just just, just like shooting arrows at the ground.
4: Yeah, it, 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 but, but to gather in a space that is about laughter, and there is a tremendous amount of laughter in, in this room and what you do, but it's also cathartic because I think for someone like me and for a lot of us, it's sort of like, what the fuck do we do? Like, what do we do now? And, yeah. Um, and I do think you do need to fucking laugh about it sometimes because it's just so goddamn absurd.
0: Yeah, gotta stay in it, you know? No. Can't be dispirited. No. Gotta be happy warriors, I guess. Brittany, are you a happy warrior? No. <laughs> but you're great. Still great.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, it's just it's always frustrating to sort of come into spaces like this and to see a majority of white people feel like this has just become so insurmountable and something that is like drains on them every day and to like have that be like you know well you all were our fucking Trump like Mm -hmm. white people have been like Trump my (laughs) entire life you know what I mean to be like to say that like Even just this like low bar of expectation for that we're now saying, oh well conservatives are now clearing this bar and that's all they have to do. To be a person of color in this country, that is the bar, like just if you don't call me the N word was the bar that white people (laughs) had to like clear to be fine in everyone's eyes for my entire life. And so to sit here and to just like finally, like be surrounded and like have, I don't know, white people just like wake the fuck up is is nice, but it's also, like, sort of annoying to, like, be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God, we, we're still doing this? Like, yes, motherfucker, you are still doing this. <laughs> yeah, there's no... It's like...
4: Thank you so much for finally acknowledging your privilege. Like, there yeah. should be, like, like, a parade should be held or something. Like,
6: it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, like, sort of given people of color the right to, like, even start to expect more of the people around them, yeah. and that's, like... A, a weird responsibility that I think that I found is like, oh, okay, now it might be okay to like point out the 20 microaggressions that my friend just like <laughs> perpetrated in the last three minutes.
0: And so it, it's just, it's
6: well, an interesting time to be alive.
0: <laughs> it is, but, but look, there's some value to a lot of things that were beneath the surface or in the wide open. And I think a lot of people, I think, have come to Recognize some truths about the way politics was being practiced that they didn't acknowledge or weren't being acknowledged. In part because we went from having dog whistles to Donald Trump, who just comes out and says it. I mean, I think you know one of the things that came out after Charlottesville was all these white supremacists being actually pretty surprised how willing Donald Trump was to say that some of them were very fine people. That they were not used to that. They were used to the more subtle kind of you know southern strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Now for a game called Too Stupid to Be True. (laughs) Beneath your chairs, you each have a card. Does somebody out there want to play Too Stupid To Be True? Elisa, hey can you pick somebody and some merch? Hey. Hi. Hi, what's your name?
10: My name's Maddie Harrislow. I'm from South Carolina.
0: So today we're gonna be playing Too Stupid To Be True. Hurricane Harvey is expected to bring 20 trillion gallons of water to Texas. Another storm, Irma, is now formed uh, and we don't know where it's going to hit or feel hit at all, but it's also on its way. Obviously, uh, even as we've been dealing with the immediate aftermath, a lot of people have been talking about climate change leading to more severe storms, which has led to pushback by some on the right against this argument. Uh, each of us has a quote about Harvey and climate change. Uh, three of them are real. One of them is too stupid to be true. Maddie, it will be your job to figure out which one is the fake. Uh Brittany, why don't you kick us off? People don't
6: understand how vulnerable our coasts are. When you look at what happened in Florida in the 1940s, on the East Coast in the 1950s, it's almost as if there was an atmospheric apocalypse going on with the way hurricanes were just running the coast. And they fell away for a while. They're coming back now. And of course, now we have to counter this agenda that it's because of a magic CO2 dust fairy that's throwing stuff in the air that's making it all happen.
0: It's pretty stupid. It's very stupid. <laughs> but is it too stupid to be true, Maddie? Hold it, hold that
5: thought.
10: Well, I'm holding. I'm holding.
0: Courage up.
5: Here comes the Democrat blame game. Good folks send blankets and cans, not politics. Global warming this, global warming that. Well, we've got people on roofs. Weather isn't about politics. Nobody cares if the fella in front of the map has a D or an R next to his name, except for liberals looking to score points when we've got folks on roofs. Stupid. It's written roofs, by the way, not roofs.
0: I don't know the provenance of that quote. <laughs> you know what you guys in the, in the house are going to learn? That sometimes when you listen to the show, you'll hear people laugh and you won't know why. It's because yeah. I said something dumb and then fixed it. <laughs>
4: I was going to say, somebody's listening at home and they're like, I got a big laugh, that's weird. <laughs>
0: yeah. It is weird sometimes. Rob, Robert, all right, well, mm. cool. All right, <laughs> so we have people on roofs, we have the 1940s coming back. Jake, you're up.
4: In the bizarro world of the climate change cultists, Harvey will be creatively spun to prove there are dire effects linked to man-created climate change. A theory that is not proven by the available science. Facts do not get in the way of climate change alarmism and we will continue to fight for the truth in the months and years to come.
10: Fairly stupid.
0: Pretty stupid, but feels pretty real. Let's be honest about that one. Yeah. All right, last one from me. I don't believe Hurricane Harvey is God's punishment for Houston electing a lesbian mayor. (laughs) Well, that part's smart. (laughs) But that is more credible than climate change that part's not.
10: I know yours is true because I know that it came from the devilish mouth of Ann Coulter.
0: Yeah. Maddie's on the news. Okay, so you have three to choose from. You have facts don't stand in the way of climate. You have cords. There are people on roofs. You have, we've always had bad weather. You, You don't know how bad the hurricanes were in the 1940s. Which one do you believe is too stupid to be true? And I also want you to know that for the first time, I have a personal bet of $5, but you will be wrong because people at the office felt that I needed some incentive to do a better job writing fake quotes. <laughs> because nobody had lost in quite some time. So. Well,
7: I just really lucked out then. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh, no. No, you lucked out.
10: Oh, because what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm, mm, I'm going to go out on a very long limb and say that it's roofs.
0: Maddie, you've won the game. <laughs> You have won a gift card to parachute sheets. We talk about them all the time. People love them; they go crazy for them. And now you've won them, and you did a wonderful job. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you so much. Thank you to our panel for reading the quotes. When we come back, the rant wheel.
7: The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's stay out of my swamp for Florida, stay out of my hole for Arizona, stay out of my prickly pear for Texas, and stay out of my strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's f Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to crookedcom store to shop.
0: And we're back! <laughs> now for the rant wheel. You know how it works. We spin the wheel, and we just rant about the topics. That's it. Uh, this week on the wheel, we have people describing themselves in their bios as foodies. We have the Lord of the Flies remake. We have the woke VMAs. We have Harriet Tubman on money, which has been put at risk this week. We have uh, uh, Secretary of Defense Mattis' speech about inspiration uh, in uh, to troops. We have Joel Osteen, who's been in the news. We have Burning Man, and we have the pronunciation of LaCroix. Let's spin the wheel. Wish you guys could see the face Court just gave me about that. It has landed on Burning Man. But it's pronounced LaCroix. (laughs) Honestly, seeing how disappointed you were... I'll tell you you why. Hold on. I'll tell you why. Hold Hold on, hold on. Do you want to talk about Burning Man or LaCroix?
3: LaCroix.
0: Okay, we're going to... You know what? It's my show. By the power of...
5: It landed on the pronunciation of LaCroix. So here is... I drink a lot of sparkling water. I drink a lot of LaCroix. And I have had too many conversations in my life where I said, Hey, when you go to the fridge, could you give me a LaCroix? And some asshole goes, you mean LaCroix? And I go... Fucking name names no, right now. It is not. It's it not LaCroix. LaCroix. I am sick of everybody who, like, took three years of French in high school or studied abroad in Montpellier and, like, trying to be snooty and, like, give me your... It's LaCroix. I can't believe you didn't know it. If you go to the LaCroix website, LaCroixWater.com, mm-hmm. it says specifically Wait a second. in the FAQs Is section... Is this a paid thing? <laughs> what are we dropping the website? No. No. If you, because because I, I, I'm giving as much evidence as possible. He's, if you I, go I can back him up, to the FAQs right. on LaCroix... Water.com. Which is always says, a cool thing to do. <laughs> it is LaCroix rhymes with enjoy. Simple as that. It's over. There's no more debate about it. If you ever hear somebody say LaCroix, nope. you can tell them they're being a snob and that they're wrong. Can I tell wrong you snobs are the worst snobs. They are the worst. It's... it's uh...
0: Uh, I will tell you, uh, and Taylor knows what I'm talking about because he's, <laughs> he's a nuclear engineer. Uh, one of the stars of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was uh, a man named Jonathan, and his last name was F-R-A-K-E-S. And I thought his name was Jonathan Frackus, and I thought that for years. My friend Sam and I had a vigorous debate as to how, whether it was pronounced Jonathan Frackus or some other way. And this was a while ago and it was actually hard to find somebody saying it on the internet, it was hard to find the pronunciation but I was doomed by a very unfortunate fact which is that Jonathan Fracas had a nickname whenever he he directed and his nickname was Tutakus Fracas because his name is Jonathan (laughs) Frakes (laughs) Yes,
4: yes
1: That one was a little bit of a thinker. (laughs) Let's spin it again.
0: (laughs) It has landed on the Lord of the Flies remake. And I don't know if you saw this, but they announced that they're going to make Lord of the Flies, but with an all-female cast. And I believe it's going to be written by men? Yes, of course it is. So that seems like everything's good. <laughs> Brittany, care to comment? Bad idea. Cord?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it, it, it's, you know. I've been going I to
0: Cord for just cogents when I've just, just dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and it's worked.
5: It's, uh, to me, it seems that there is a problem in Hollywood of. Uh, I, I think that if you are going to do an all girl lord of the fly remake that it makes sense to hire women to write that project i think that it's like pretty clear yeah. that that's that that's what you should do and i think that we are i i think that uh hollywood has a lot of problems and i think that it is slowly getting better i've worked with a lot of people who work very hard no, to make sure that <laughs> <get it> <laughs> i think britney's no. right i've worked with a lot of people i will say that i personally worked with a lot of people who've worked very hard to like put diversity into writer's rooms and to hire diverse people. I'm not saying that it's, like, across the board perfect, but I do think that, like, this shit happens too much. It happens too often that uh, we say, like, yeah, we're going to do a a, a woman's movie, and it's just, you know, men are going to write it and direct it and produce it and everything, but it'll be, like, pretty accurate. And it's it's not surprising to me why, you know, projects... I'm not going to say this is going to be a failure, but why projects like this turn out poorly.
6: Am I... I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly because I did read this book a long time ago, but isn't the climax that they, like, rape a pig?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard some people say, yes, there are several literate people back there that were very right. enthusiastic about Tom Morello's Chaucer, uh, so I trust them.
6: Yeah, okay. I just feel like that's, like, the, the moment where you, like, all of the toxic masculinity, Yeah. Like that's, like, the... Big thing is like, oh, they're fucked. They're like just doing the same shit regular society does. So I'm not really sure how the most important point is going to then be translated. How about a movie where people just talk to each other about stuff?
4: You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like got like a three million dollar budget and there's no superheroes in it and it's just people having conversations and they can play it at the Angelica Film Center. Is that you know still open? Would, you know what
0: I would like? I would like a movie about two gay guys who fall in love, but the problem isn't, like, 1950s homophobia or, like, the Israeli-Palestine divide, <laughs> but, like, the problem is, like, he owns an ice cream parlor. Right, right, yeah. He's from, he's from Baskin-Robbins, and, like, that's the issue. Yeah. Like, he why is every, Robbins?
4: One guy's ride or die Ben and Jerry's. Yes. And it's just like, don't, I don't like
0: your hippie friends. Why is every, I just would like to see two gay people lead a movie where it's not homework. <laughs> is that so much to
6: ask? Every time it's like, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is a very opportune time for me to plug my
0: movie, Suicide Kale, which yeah. is
6: now on Amazon. Suicide <laughs> Kale
0: fulfills exactly what I'm talking about.
6: He thinks he hasn't seen it.
0: I haven't seen it. But I have high hopes. Because I really like the vibe between me and Brittany on this stage. And so I'm pretty excited to watch it. Where is it? Uh, Vimeo, Amazon, and iTunes. Sweet. Corey, cool, do you have anything to plug? Other than LaCroix.com? <laughs> <laughs>
5: The Good Place uh, season two premieres. I, I I would probably be in trouble with my boss if I didn't say it. the Good Place season two premieres. <laughs> I love the Good Place. September on NBC. Uh, check it out. And uh, Master of None season two is on Netflix right now. Cory's crushing it.
0: Jake. Oh, a plug? He, you, want, you want to plug season one of The Single Guy coming to NBC <laughs> yeah, in yeah. 1995. The famous Teddy <laughs> Z starring John Cryer
4: and Alex Rocco oh is coming to CBS. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Difficult, <laughs> Difficult People is on uh, uh, Hulu uh, right now. And uh, uh, this week, very special guest star. No one's more relevant than From the monkeys himself,
0: Mr. Mickey Dolenz. <laughs> Let's do one more, and then we'll call it. Loose Night, I don't care. Oh. It has landed on Foodie, and I would like to talk about that. You wanna talk about Joel Osteen? I can't believe that Joel Osteen, a mega church pastor, <laughs> who teaches the gospel of believe in your dreams and give me money. Do you
6: see Tyler Perry gave him a quarter of a million dollars? What? I don't
0: understand that. I
6: don't <laughs> yeah, want to get yeah. to the They're bottom friends. of that. They're
0: old friends. I don't want to get to the bottom of it. I just remember Joel Osteen coming on after cartoons and feeling like <laughs> I was getting sucked into the TV like in Poltergeist. Like It's, a, it's effective. I donated to the Lakewood Church. Uh, I still do. I'll tell you what my rant is. You people got to lay off my man, Joel Osteen. I'm just kidding. But, the, but it landed on foodie, and I do want to talk about that, which is... Yeah, it is all right. It is all right. It is all right that I'll talk about what the fuck I want to talk about.
4: You know who I hear is quite a foodie? Joel Joel Osteen.
1: <laughs>
0: The, re- <laughs> the only reason I wanted to put Foodie on there is it kills me when someone has a Twitter bio and they are limited to the number of things that they can use to describe themselves and one of the key features they want, to know of that they want you to know about them as human beings is they enjoy the consuming of food. Something that 100% of us do to stay alive. You know, look, I love I love, uh, I love Breaking Bad, inhaling oxygen, and exhaling carbon dioxide. I think it's dumb as hell.
6: I mean, I think it's a code word, because if someone says foodie, then you know they got disposable income, they got free time, yep. they got friends to go eat with.
0: Holy Maybe shit. Maybe it's just effective yeah. communication. You just blew this whole thing wide open. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, are you a foodie? <laughs> She's not. I'm not a foodie, but I I do like food. As we all do. (laughs) I want to thank our panel. Give it up for Brittany Nichols, Cord Jefferson, Jake Vogelness. I want to thank Ruby Martinez, and I want to thank Tom Morello and Chuck D from Prophets of Rage. What a great show. Thank you for coming out. Good night.